This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide episode 420. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. And a big welcome too to any of you first-time listeners. We hope we can convert you to a regular listener. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, can you believe phone and internet complaints are down despite the year we've had? Telstra are going to start offering 5G home internet. And in the celebrity tech interview this week, we're talking to Anthony Field, a.k.a. The Blue Wiggle, about the role technology has played in his life and career. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi 6. We also check out the Apple Watch Series 6. And Google unveils a range of new products, including its first 5G smartphones. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, what a year we've had. 2020, I've seen so many memes where people are thinking, look, can we can we turn 2020 off and on again and restart it or can we get it over with already? It's been quite a year. It started off with the bushfires and it, it was such such a big story worldwide. I can remember when I was in the at the Consumer Electronics Show in January and people uh, at the show would hear my accent and think, oh, how, how are you guys doing in Australia, all the, all the bushfires? And, and they were really concerned. It was just such a big story. There were, there were even fundraisers, and uh, it, it was a massive story. And then, of course, uh, when, when the coronavirus struck, it, we, we sort of knew about coronavirus back in January, and, and, and again in February. I, I travelled to San Francisco in February for the Samsung launch, and... It was in San Francisco that I discovered that the uh, Mobile World Congress, my next trip, which would have been to Barcelona, that had been cancelled because of COVID. And that was the first event that was cancelled. And then we everyone started working from home and relying even more on our home Wi-Fi and our, our data and the NBN and all of that. And believe it or not, despite all of that, the in the last financial year, the actual number of complaints about phone and internet services actually decreased. So the telecommunications industry ombudsman had been at the start of last of the financial year, which was in June 2019. So June, June to December 2019, that was continuing the downward trend of the number of internet and landline complaints. It was, they were, I think, Companies, telcos were responding to customers a lot quicker. Uh, there, there was just so much more cooperation. I think the companies got the message that they, the customer needed help and these were critical services that were required and they got the job done. Complaints were on the decline and continued the decline from the previous quarter, so doing very well. But the second half of the year, it was, uh, as they say, a year of two halves and June to December 2019 was okay, but then January to June 2020, well, that's a whole different kettle of fish. And of course, it started with the with the bushfires and floods. Don't forget there were floods as well. And 
naturally in this instance, in this period of time, complaints soared. There were obviously whole communities disconnected and businesses offline, and and a lot a lot of people needed help and. And of course, that they their, their first op the, the only course of action they had was to complain that they didn't have services. And the the good thing though that happened during that period was the telcos prioritised uh, customers and, and offered even in some cases free data and free uh, for businesses free connections and things like that. And the, the there was a sense of cooperation that really kept. The, 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 they kept businesses running and, and kept people connected when, when it was the most critical time where they needed to be connected. And then, of course, between March and June, this was the, the peak period for coronavirus, the pandemic that came crashing in and we were forced to work and study from home and running small businesses, home learning, homeschooling, whatever you want to call it. It, was, it really put a strain on our services and, and in particular our internet service. And the good thing here, though, is that the NBN and the telcos and all these companies, they all work together. The NBN volunteered extra capacity. We're going to give you more bandwidth so you can pass this on to your customers. So this is the retail service providers, your your telco, your in, internet service providers were able to offer us more capacity because more of us are using Wi-Fi than ever before. We're not only doing what we normally do, streaming and gaming, but we're also working from 9 to 5 on our Wi-Fi networks as well. And so data usage went through the roof also. And in this case, the NBN, the telcos, all work together. They continue to deliver. They work quickly to provide the temporary financial relief. The NBN provided that extra capacity. So there was a lot of pressure on, on these telcos. That a lot of the call centers were, in fact, so overwhelmed that they had to close so there, there was like a 1,500% year-on-year increase in the number of calls from customers uh, who wanted to contact the telco. So the TIO, though, responded instantly to work with these affected telcos, and they helped escalate issues. They provided the right information to assist customers, and they got things done. So I think that the, the, the period where we were on the decline in terms of complaints. I think we sort of got the message. They got the, they, they got the formula down on how to get to the bottom of the complaints to even prevent them from becoming complaints. So they, they took that extra step. That's what we saw during the pandemic where they, they were proactive rather than waiting for the onslaught of calls. I said, you know what, we're, this is a potential problem here. Let's do this and, and, and par head it off. And that's exactly what happened. That, that, that's exactly what they did. That's why in the financial year, so you take the whole year into account, there was a 4% decrease in the number of complaints for phone and, and, and internet services compared to the previous financial year, which I think in the year we've had is pretty bloody good. Very impressive. Bushfires, floods, coronavirus, complaints still down. The telcos are definitely getting the message. If you want to read more about that story, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. We're hearing more and more about 5G. Every, everywhere you look, there's a new 5G phone. There's a, a new 5G service. And in this case, Telstra is the one offering the new service, the new 5G home internet connection. So Telstra were pretty big with 5G when it was for their mobile customers. They wanted to be the first. They, they achieved that. They were the first to offer 
a 5G smartphone on their network. In fact, I think a couple of years ago or 18 months ago, Andy Penn, the Telstra CEO, said we are going to be the first telco to offer 5G services on our mobile network before the middle of the year. And I think he just made it before the end of June 2019. I think Samsung released the uh, S25G on the Telstra network and they were, as they as they set out to do, became the first telco to offer 5G services. And naturally, Optus has followed suit. Optus have their have been running out their 5G since the beginning of last year. So their 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 rollout is progressing. As is Telstra. Telstra's rollout with 5G has actually reached a thousand, more than a thousand suburbs in 53 cities and towns around Australia. So the footprint's growing. Optus, they're, they're having similar progress with their 5G network. But at the time, we're talking the beginning of 2019, even end of 2018, for argument's sake too, where there wasn't any, there wasn't such thing as a 5G smartphone yet. So there, there were, they were months away. What Optus decided to do was to concentrate on offering 5G as a solution for home customers. And that's when they launched their 5G home broadband service. It was 70 bucks a month, 5G modem built, purpose-built by Nokia. So they got Nokia to build this modem router, 5G. And it was unlimited data, minimum speed guarantee of 50 megabits per second. And some customers who didn't have the NBN or didn't want the NBN, they were off to the races. This was a huge solution and fast. It was, I've heard of speeds of more than 400 megabits per second on the 5G network. So fast forward to, to 2020, October 2020, and we're seeing Telstra now offering 5G as an alternative for customers as well. And as I said, that their network, the 5G network is growing, growing rapidly. So they're planning on offering 5G home internet Plans are going to start at $85 a month. For that, you get a free 5G modem. You get 500 gig of data per month. First month's free for eligible customers. And Telstra is saying their typical evening speeds will range anywhere between 50 megabits per second and 300 megabits per second. So if you don't want to get the NBN or if the NBN in your area is not very good, if you're maybe a fibre to the node or you might be in a difficult location, then this could be the alternative, as is the Optus alternative as well. So there is there is competition in now, and it's only recently we spoke a few weeks ago about Optus's new 5G home broadband services. They've, they've now had a second phase of plans on their 5G network as it expands. I think it's now available to more than 420,000 households around Australia. So uh, there is some competition here in the 5G home internet space. So Telstra now coming to the party. Now with Telstra though, they are kicking this service off as an invitation-only offer. So if customers living in Telstra's 5G network area, if you reside in these 5G areas, you will probably receive a letter in the mail uh, introducing you to this new service that could be available in your area. And it, as it's scaled up in other areas, other customers will also receive that, that offer in the next 12 months as well. 5G uh, for Telstra is also undergoing a little bit of development as well because there is normally your, your sub-6, your, your, your sub I think they call it, 5G 
And then there's also millimetre wave 5G. So the different technologies, millimetre wave is the future of 5G. That, that's kind of the technology that they're all aiming for. takes a little bit more to, to, to get to, to roll out and to organise. But the initial 5G is going to be improved over time. And Telstra have been quite public in saying that millimetre wave is the future and they are bringing that to their, net, their networks. And what that'll do is ramp up speeds and also ramp up in uh, range as well, so increase the range of of five G as well in that ca- in that case. So they want to offer customers a really good connection, uh, which may be millimeter wave in the near future for their home customers who don't want to use the NBN, who would prefer five G, and uh, is is going to be eighty five a month, but it, it'd be invitation only. So just check to see whether you mo- if you're in the five G area with Telstra, you never know, you might get that offer. If you want to read more about that story, Telstra's 5G home internet, they've also got some new ultra-fast NBN plans. You can read about that as well at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, we're up for our celebrity tech segment for this week, and we're chatting with Anthony Field, otherwise known as the Blue Wiggle. Now, Anthony has been in the music industry for quite some time, well before he was a Wiggle. He was also a member of the band The Cockroaches, and who I actually saw as a youngster back in the day. They were a really good band, and a lot of a couple of the Cockroaches and a couple of other members were were early learning teachers, and that's how they kicked off uh, the Wiggles, which was just a worldwide sensation. And we caught up with Anthony. We talked to him about his how he used technology, not only in his music career, but also uh, with his family now as well. It was an interesting chat. He, he had first thought, and you'll hear this in the interview, he had first thought the interview was about him offering tech advice, but he soon got the message that, no, it is about how he uses technology. And at first he thought, well, he, he, he kind of got the message that, you yeah, know, I actually do use a lot of technology. So it was a really interesting chat, and here's what he had to say. G'day, Anthony. Thank you for joining the Tech Guide podcast. How are you going? I'm going really well. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I can offer any tech advice to anybody. I'm a little bit of a dinosaur, but I'm ready to talk. No, well, we, we're just going to we talk to talk to people like yourself in our celebrity tech segment. So we talk to people in the media and entertainment and sport, not not about giving us advice, but talking, trying to give us an understanding of how technology fits into their life. So, okay, in, in, yeah, in, in your in your case, I, I suppose you're, obviously you're you're a muso and you've been you've been at it for a while. So technology would have played a part there over the years. I'm sure you would have seen huge changes in how you record, and even how you do even now today distribute your music. Oh, mate, it's unbelievable. Uh, when we started recording, or when I started in the recording studio, we were still going to, um, you know, LPs, and they were cutting uh, big tapes, the reel-to-reel tapes, and the guys, the engineers would actually use razor blades to make splice the tape to put overdubs on and, you know, fix up, you know, mistakes and things. That's when we started. Uh, that's when I started. So it's come a long way. Um, people yeah. are like, you know, garage band in their in their lounge room. It's basically a recording studio on a computer. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, imagine that. Imagine if you had to put one of those in your hands a few years ago. Would things have been a bit different, or how would that have gone? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it was in the old days. It was all about could you get into a recording studio, you know, and it cost so much, and uh, um, you know, there's a queue to get into that recording studio. It wasn't it. Um, in anyone's hands at home, you know, these days 
uh, any music can record himself now or herself and um, and put something decent together. Uh, you know, so that's that's changed a lot. And that's great. You know, it's put music uh, producing in, in the hands of everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, of course, we uh, we can't not talk about the, the your huge success with the Wiggles and how I think, mate. And this is my definite experience because my my kids were lo- loved the Wiggles when they were younger. And I think you guys were probably responsible for more people buying DVD players back in the day. I think you spiked the Wiggles spiked this massive sale on DVD players because you all, all all the kids wanted to do was watch the Wiggles on the D, on the TV. Yeah, it was, it, look, it was quite incredible. Um, uh, we sold over uh, over twenty six million DVDs around the world, um, and that and mainly in America, but in Australia, of course, too. Um, it was again a different world that. The you know the market for DVDs is almost gone now, but um, uh, in the nineties and the early two thousands, it was it was really happening. But you know, it's funny you say that because before the DVDs was the VHS tapes, and um, we were selling a lot of VHS tapes. And I remember having a meeting with the ABC where we all sat there and said, "Will we make the leap? Do you think this is going to be around longer than the VHS tapes?" So it was actual. <laughs> It was a real decision to make. Are we going to commission our first DVD, or are we going to stay with VHS? You know. Wow. So you were mate, you were the trailblazers. You were. We were, but you you, you laugh at that now. Like I, I was laughing myself thinking about that. But that was the serious meeting we had. You know, just going kind of, and we had advisors there saying, "Well, we think this is the future." Um, you know, they're unscratchable, they're unbreakable, and all that stuff they said about them. Fantastic. Well, what about today? Yeah. Like, how, 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 so you guys, uh, obviously, you're available on Spotify and then Apple Music. How, how, hasn't the industry changed a lot, though? Like, with, with the streaming, how's that, how's that, has that changed? Obviously, been a big change for you guys. How has that worked out, panned out for you? Yeah, well, um, look, uh, children really haven't changed. Um, but just their access to entertainment is so different. You know, when we started out, you know, you'd see the Wiggles on the television, maybe see in the morning, and then maybe you'd play a DVD a couple of times. But, you know, then kids would go out and play or they'd play around the house. But these days, you know, they've always got little screen on in their hands or access to it, you know. So it's really changed the way, I think, for parents, how they entertain their children. You know, they've got to make sure they don't spend as much time on the screen. Uh, for us, though, as far as, you know, royalties from songwriting uh, are nowhere near what they were um, economically, you know, because people aren't buying their music, they're streaming their music. People yeah. aren't buying DVDs, they're streaming or they're watching YouTube, you know. Yeah. So we, you have to get into the, uh, as a business, we uh, we have to get millions and millions of views on, on YouTube to get anywhere near the royalties we used to get. Because you do still get paid royalties yep. for YouTube, but it's um, a little bit, uh, well, a lot less than it was yeah. for the old DVDs. Yeah, because I know I knew uh, accessing in. I knew when when my kids were younger, I'd pop the pop the DVD in the car. Or actually, well, I think I even had a tape back then. But uh, no, it was no DVD. It was a CD. It was sorry. And uh, so, but now they can stream all that through Apple Music in the car. So you, they're still accessing your content, but just in a totally different way. Yeah, it's 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 really different now, uh, and there's so many places and so many uh, avenues. For you to put your music out, or your or your TV shows, or yeah. your there's so many streaming services available, and and I think the big challenge for us is to is, is to one day get our own 
um, you know, streaming outlet maybe, you know, yeah. that's something for the future to think about, you know, where we... That's a good yeah. point you make there, mate, because I think a lot, a lot of people now, they want to be in control of their content and you guys would be a big enough big enough name to be able to attract li- listeners and viewers to your own app and your own service. So that's exciting news that, you, that you're even considering that. Yeah, mate, we've got, we've got 30 years of content. So, you know, you could put classic Wiggles, new Wiggles, although the new Wiggles are nine years old. And, um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it seems like the new Wiggles are kind of just came across a week ago, but they've been there for nine years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it's still, still lots of fun. It's just, yeah, it's just, just a different. And, yeah. of course, the COVID, we lost our, uh, we lost our lives. Yeah. You know, our live performances. That was, and when that happened, that was 80, 82% of our business went. So, so for us, uh, we've been really thinking about becoming a production house. You know, I think we've got the only independent studio, one of the only independent TV studios left wow. in Australia. You know, we've got a full TV facility and uh, recording facility. So we've just been working on new Wiggles content, Emma content, but also uh, we're developing two or three shows that don't have the Wiggles in them. So um, to see if we can find a market, you know, so yeah. try to turn a, a, a negative into a positive. That's what we're trying to do. Absolutely. So how have you, during COVID, have you guys been doing stuff online? Have you been doing any Zoom performances? What what have you been up to and how have you used the tech to help you get get to that, uh, to achieve that? Yeah, those Zoom, you know, the, the Zoom uh, meetings really have shown, I think, everybody that, you don't have to have. You don't have to travel to New York to talk to somebody about your latest album. You know, it's been fantastic. We, we've got a, a fella in New Zealand we're always talking to, and, and um, before he'd have to fly over every two weeks, he's loving it. <laughs> <laughs> so Absolutely. I, I, I see. I, 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 in some weird way, we've been able to um, communicate better with all our business partners than we did yeah. before because. Zoom is quite incredible. Uh, we're doing live stream. We've, did, we've done a, um, every uh, week we've, for a while. We've done a uh, concert for Big W, you know, and and, and they've oh. been really happy with the numbers. Um, Great. So that's like on Facebook. And, and what what happens is, you know, you get how many thousand views at the time, but then they've, when they've left it up, they're up in the millions of views. So oh, wow. They're re- yeah, they're really happy, and we're happy too. So you know, you just got to keep your name out there and. Um, yeah. The technology. Yeah, you're right. When you say when you say, when you say that, uh, yeah, we use technology. Mate, you're tech scary. savvy, mate. Yeah. You're very tech savvy. Oh, you, you've, you've made use of it. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, well, you know what? Honestly, I, I and something. I don't know about you guys, but I said just pay more attention at a Zoom meeting than I did uh, when it was when you're in the. You know, when you're yeah, right. doing your desk. Okay. I don't know why. What did you used to zone out a bit, mate, in the live meetings, did you? And the, the, the Zoom has oh, made your focus, yeah. has it? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm sad to say this, but uh, our board meetings—I used to call them "I'm board meetings." <laughs> I used to get a little—I used to get a little bit drifting off, but not anymore. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you're in your—you're in your own house. That's even. But I think a lot of us have learnt that you can get, still get things done during this whole process. Like people, a lot of people working from home, and in your case, doing your Zoom meetings and still performing online. So, we've learnt, I think, a few new skills. Would you agree with that? I would, but I've, I've got to say, uh, my. My, I've got teenage children, and um, last night I got a phone call from my daughter. I was in the garage, and I was talking to her, and then I realised she's actually talking to me from the bedroom. Like, <laughs> have you, have your kids ever done that? Like, yeah, I get a text message from upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah, how it works. That, I, 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it's. I'm not, I don't know if I'm so. Um, I, I don't know. If it's well, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good segue actually to the next part of the chat here. I, I, I'm wondering, like, that's how technology is using your personal life, and that that in itself is something that I think a lot of people adjust to as well. Like the the old time, the old days when. People used to actually talk to each other in person. Now it's a text message. Like, mate, I'm like you. I've had texts from my kids upstairs. When's dinner ready? They text from upstairs, or my, yeah, my wife yeah. will text me from the other room saying, "Turn your TV down" or something like that. So, how yeah. do you how do you feel about that? Are you, I know. Are you more a face to face guy, or are you sort of just joining in and doing the same thing? No, I can't do it. I cannot text someone in the next room. I, I just feel very lazy. Yep. I don't know. But I don't think the children think they're lazy. I think they're just using what they've got. They're yeah. probably smarter than I am. That's a good but point. I, I think I, that, that's all they know, I, really, isn't it? That's all they've yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, they've grown up with it, so it's no big deal. But um, I went to my, my mum's place last night, you know, and she's been she's, uh, up near 90, you know, and she's she's doing really well, but she's very lonely, and um, and she wanted the kids to come over, the her grandkids. Yeah. And we were there. Because you can imagine, after, you know, a couple of minutes, we got the phones out at dinner. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, oh, no, yeah. please. So I, I, I kind of said to them, come on, guys, look, you don't see your yard too much, so they take the old phones away. But um, I've it, said it, the it, exact it, same thing to my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, it's hard for me. You're right, though. It's hard. They've, they've grown up with it. It's, yeah. It's, uh, they're attached it's part to of their life. Yeah, it absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're attached. Yeah. And what about yourself fine, personally, mate? mate? Are you, are you uh, what sort of phone? Are you an iPhone man, Android man? What are, what are you rocking over there? Yeah, no, I, I uh, years and years and years ago, when the first i uh, what's those things called iPod, yep. first iPod came out, yes, um, and it was sort of like a, a a brick with a wheel in the middle of it. it wasn't yep. too big, but it had a I wheel remember. In it. I've still got that first yeah. one. Yeah, I've still got it. Yeah, I've still got that. Well, I, I was in America on tour, and we went to. There used to be a shop in in New York called Comp USA, which I'm sure you. Yep, would I've seen that. I've been there. Yeah. yeah. So Comp USA, and I, I went there, and, I, and they explained to me, you know, it, you could put all your music on this thing, you know. It, it, that was pre, I mean, that's before that it was the Walkman, you know. Yes. So I remember getting on a plane, coming back from America, and I got this thing, and I'm listening to my music because I learned how to put the music on it. And, yeah. And uh, they, made a, they made an announcement that everyone got to turn their Walkmans off and all that. <laughs> and they looked at what I had, and I had no idea what it was. And they just let me have it. I, um, it. When I brought that back to Australia, it was like I was, it was something from outer space. <laughs> um, but that, that revolutionised. Having music at your disposal, your whole library basically. Whereas, you know, remember the walk, mate? Well, you probably don't remember. I but do remember, remember the walk. Mate. No, I remember, remember the walk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Remember the walk. So, so, so you take a whole lot of tapes around. You'd have your mixed tapes. Yeah. Tapes. It's it's a it's it's quite incredible. It is, ama- it is amazing for a people of, of who are our age would 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 appreciate the difference, the change. I know our children; that's all they knew. No, so they're, they're thinking, okay, yeah, that's all we've ever had. But you again proving you're an early adopter too, mate. You don't reckon you're tech savvy? You're an early adopter, one of the first iPod users as well. I, well yeah, really. I, I just people would come up and go, what? Yeah, you know, on the airplanes, I remember they go, what is yeah. that? I remember the same thing in my office. I remember people walking, I, I walk around, what is that? And they said, oh, it's got all my music on it. They went, wow, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an absolute music lover. And yeah. uh, having, you know, Spotify where you can just, you know, 
type in a song that you remember listening to in 1977, you know, and there Incredible. it is. You know? <laughs> just does it. I think that's another thing I explain to my kids about how, you know, like the, and your kids would be the same. It's just the immediacy of everything. Like if you think of a song, you could be playing it in 10 seconds. Like, but we have to wait for it to come on the radio and, and even the TV. Like the, you have to wait at 8.30 till that show started. But now they just they stream it straight away. That immediacy is incredible now, isn't it? Yeah. And, and do you know that as a songwriter, it's it's a funny thing. Right from the start, the Wiggles, I've always, uh, with the guys, uh, you know, we're early childhood teachers. So we knew yep. when you write a song with a children with, with, with uh, you know, short attention span. So you'd always hit with a, with a chorus first. So, you know, like, Chugga Chugga Big Red Guy started yep. with that. Yep. Uh, hot potato starts with hot potato. Fruit salad straight into fruit salad. Yep. Now I was reading. I was reading a article on song songwriting these days for for for, for adults, right? Yeah. And it basically said because children, not children, adults, you know, teenagers and and young adults, uh, because they want to get to the point real quick these days. That's happened now with adult music where they hit the they hit straight into the the hook. Oh. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny uh, because, of, you know, because they're watching, uh, uh, you know, Instagram for a second. They move on all the TikTok or whatever they're watching. Yeah. They, they, they flick, flick, flick. So you've got to hit them. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, you've got to hook them in the first 10 seconds, <laughs> eh? You've got to hook them yeah, straight away. Yeah, it's a strange old world. <laughs> it is. Mate, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you, Anthony. Really appreciate well, your time. Yeah. Mate, good luck mate, uh, in the future. And, mate, look forward to hearing the new content from the Wiggles. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams, and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all in one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock which will help notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and more. With with Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton is 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. First up this week, we're talking about a product that I think I've recommended more than any other product that I've ever written about. And I'm talking about the Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi 6. Now, I know, uh, full disclosure, Netgear is one of our great sponsors, have been for years, but this is a product that does what it says. It helps build a larger, more reliable network in your home. And I have to say... This is one of the questions I get asked most often. You guys emailing me, I get calls on the radio. I reckon a a good percentage of these, nearly half of these queries per week is about home Wi-Fi and how it can be improved. And what's happened lately too is that now that a lot of people have been forced to work from home because of the COVID pandemic, it's really exposed weaknesses in their home Wi-Fi. They've realised under that duress, they've realised that, you know what, I don't get 
Wi-Fi in my bedroom or in my back room where I want to set up my home office. I don't get this this coverage. And the answer to all of these issues has been the Wi-Fi. And the most common problem is that people get the end, they're on the NBN, they've, they've got 50 megabits per second or 100 megabits per second download speeds. And yes, they get that if they're in the same room as their NBN supplied modem router, but they move out a room or two away from there and their Wi-Fi speeds drop off a cliff. Now, the modem part of that is okay. That's bringing the internet into your home, but it's the Wi-Fi that's letting you down. And the router in those NBN-supplied products are just not up to the job, plain and simple. If, if you live in a small apartment, um, you might get away with that. But a lot of Australians live on quarter-acre blocks, two-storey, three-storey houses, terrace houses, a lot of levels and floors and walls and doors separating the rooms of the house from where the modem's located. And a product like the Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi 6 solves those problems. Now, the Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is a mesh router. A mesh router creates, as its name suggests, this, this network, this net around your home. It's, it consists of two products. There's two satellites. So one connects directly to your modem. And then the second unit, the satellite, is located in the, in the middle of your house, on the next level of your house. And these two units communicate and back and forth create, and between them they create up to 465 square metres of Wi-Fi coverage. Now the issue with a lot of people is their modem's located in an odd part of their home. Some it's in the very front of the house. Some of I've heard of people their NBN routers in the garage. Their modem's in the garage because that's the first point of entry in the high in their house. So they've they've got to deal with that issue. Now a modem's strength, sorry, a router strength on the Wi-Fi side. The further you go away, the weaker the signal's going to get. Think think of your router as a speaker. So if the speaker's playing loudly in the front room of your house, if you go in your backyard or the back room, you're going to hardly hear that music. Now, that's how Wi-Fi works. So if you have the Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi 6, what it's going to happen is that there's this little booster in the middle of your house that's going to boost that signal to the the back of the house, to upstairs. So you're going to hear consistent volume from that speaker in in this instance all around the house. So in the case of your modem, you're going to get consistent coverage around your house. Now, the added bonus of the Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is in the last part of that name, Wi-Fi 6. This is the latest standard that is available now for Wi-Fi, and it offers up to four times the speed of the last standard of Wi-Fi, which I think was 802.11ac. And a lot of the latest products, the latest phones, tablets, laptops, are now Wi-Fi 6 compatible. So you can imagine... You've got mesh coverage with Wi-Fi 6. It's the perfect storm of, of, of Wi-Fi where you're getting these faster speeds that your NBN modem router just cannot accomplish. So we even, we, this is a review. So we, we tested this in our home. Now, I live in a two-story house. Uh, the modem is sort of in the front, middle to front uh, section of the downstairs level. And I did a speed test, so I've got the, the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 set up here next to, the, next to the modem. I've got another, the other satellite in sort of more towards the middle back of, ha- back of the bottom level. And don't forget, I've got a second story upstairs. So what I did, and these, the, you can see these test results in my review, 
I took a speed test through the Orbi Wi-Fi app, by the way, and that helps you set up the system. It took five minutes. You scan a barcode, connect it to your modem, get the other unit, locate it, connect it to power, scan the barcode. They'll talk to each other. Next step, you name your network, set a password, done. Problem solved. You see these images on my on my review. There's some screenshots there of it doing the test. But I did six speed tests. I did a test at the front of my house downstairs, the middle and the back of the house downstairs, and did the same upstairs. So you'll see the images there, upstairs front, upstairs middle, upstairs back. So I went uh, in the front of my house, which is the theatre in my home, very front window. I stood near the window, did a speed test. In the middle of the house, which is close to the modem, another speed test. Then at the very back of the house, even on the like halfway on the back deck of my house, another speed test. Upstairs, the very front of the house, upstairs in the middle of the house, which is kind of in the hallway between the bedrooms, and then at the very back of the house, which is sort of the master bedroom ensuite, there's a bath right against the window in the far corner. I stood in the bath and did this test as well. And you can see these these speed tests on my review on Tech Guide. Now, I am on the NBN. I've got fibre to the curb. I've got Optus as my provider. My plan is 100 megabits down, 40 megabits up. Now, on average, I get about 94, 95, and up about 37, 38, or thereabouts. Now, have a look at all the speed tests on my, on my review, and every single speed test in my house was within one or two megabits per second of those figures. So 95, 96, 97. In fact, upstairs in the middle of my house was the fastest speed, download speed I got. It was faster than me standing next to the modem, next to the Orbi downstairs. So that illustrated to me that the coverage was there. That's the issue with your router, your NBN-supplied modem router, the router half. Do the test now. So connect your computer to your to the modem with a cable. That'll give you your true speed coming into your house. And in your, if you're on the 140, you'll probably get similar speeds to what I had, 94, 95, and then 38, 39 up. Then what you do is go into the back of your house with your phone. Connect to your Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi network with your phone and do the same speed test. Now, what you're testing now is the speed of your Wi-Fi, your, the, the internet on wirelessly in the back of your house. If that is drastically lower than the speed you got using a cable, then you've got a problem. And that's why you'll need a product like this, a mesh Wi-Fi system. So do the test. If you are, if you, and, and often what happens is the modem is sort of in the middle front of the house, the TV where you're doing all your streaming and gaming and everything else is normally at the back of the house and often people who are trying to stream 4K Netflix, 4K Stan, trying to play online and trying to beat their mates on Call of Duty online, they're getting speeds that are way lower than what they're paying for. And not only that, you've got to recall too that you've also got a whole bunch of smart devices too. You, I'm pro, I'm, and plenty of you listening right now would have a, a wireless security camera. You might have a, a, a smart a smart door lock. You might have some sensors around the place. You might have uh, remote blinds or, or other other products. You might have a smart light. All of these things are also using your network. So 
the, how we use Wi-Fi in our house isn't just to stream Netflix, which is great, but all these other uses as well. Now, there's two models. The model I reviewed was the RBK852. Uh, that's good for if you've got like 60 devices connected to the internet and up, and it's got 12 simultaneous Wi-Fi connections it can work out at the same time. Uh, then there's the RBK752, which allows for eight Wi-Fi connections simultaneously. We're talking high speed at the same time. In every split second, it can handle 12 different calls at the same time, or eight, depending on which model you buy. So that that's how it works, basically. Now, these products, they're not cheap. I've got to say, the, uh, uh, the, the model I reviewed, the RBK852, that's priced at one thousand three hundred and ninety-nine bucks. Not cheap. And the eight and the seven five two is nine hundred and forty-nine bucks. Now, this is what I what I see this as is for, for people who've invested in a really good TV, uh, in great speaker systems, in wireless home security systems, they've invested a bit of money into what they already own. So I think to be able to power those devices, to have them connected as best as they could, to have your, your smart devices connected reliably uh, and have this great coverage around your whole house, then it's a price worth paying because the frustration of not having that is something that you're just going to have to live with. So I liken having good Wi-Fi to owning a really nice car. And the Wi-Fi are the tyres you put on that car. So it's no point having a, a Ferrari and putting the cheapest tyres you can buy on it. If you're going to buy a Ferrari, you want to put the best tyres on it to get the most out of it. So in this instance, if you've got this really hot, fast internet connection, don't skimp on the Wi-Fi because that's the bit that's going to affect you the most. Not everyone's going to be connected with a cable to the modem. So the Wi-Fi is what's going to run the house, run your two-storey, three-storey house. And if you've got kids, they're going to they're complain, no, oh, the internet's slow, it's not working, or your wife might be not being able to watch her shows, whatever. It's, it's that they're the things you've got to live with. And, and that's not even talking about working from home. If you're running your business from home, you're doing your job from home, then that's an investment in your career as well, or your business. So I think that it's priced, it's priced high because it's the best. I haven't seen a mesh Wi-Fi router system anywhere near as good as the Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi 6. If you want to read our complete review of the Netgear Orbi Wi-Fi 6 mesh Wi-Fi system, check it out at techguide.com.au. Alrighty, our next review is the new Apple Watch, Apple Watch Series 6. I've had it uh, nearly a couple of weeks now, and it is running watchOS 7 as well. It has a faster chip, has a few new features. Not a massive increase or improvement over Watch Series 5, which came out just over a year ago, Uh, but it does have the all-important blood oxygen reading, which is a, a really handy sensor to have measuring your health constantly and and this is to be clear this isn't a, a a feature that needs to be approved by any medical regulators it's basically a reading it's giving you a reading of something rather than 
an ECG which give would would advise you of a of a some kind of diagnosis. This is just like it's like measuring your heart rate. It's just giving you a number, and that that so the blood oxygen level is what you receive. It's a percentage that you receive uh, between I think it'll measure between seventy and a hundred percent. And how it does that is with this new sensor on the bottom of the iPhone of the, the Apple Watch, I should say. There are four sensors that actually shine through, reflect off your blood, and works out from that how much oxygen your blood is absorbing. So your, your body's absorbing oxygen. Uh, the amount of oxygen, oxygen delivered to your body is what this reading can tell you. And, and you, you often, it reads your, you can do it manually. You can sort of watch a, a, a blood oxygen test being done live, but it also does them, like measuring your resting heart rate, it also measures it when your arm is still throughout the day. So it might think, oh, he's sitting down watching TV or you might be relaxing somewhere and not moving. It'll, it'll do a quick 15-second blood oxygen test. And it'll tell you if you, were to, if you were to pull up the blood oxygen app and perform another test, it'll tell you what your last reading was, which might have been, I'm going to do it right now. I'm hitting it right now. And it said one hour ago I had 97% but I can hit start on a brand new test. So it has this animation that runs for 15 seconds and gives you that reading. So And it's all through that new sensor that uses these LED, these four LED clusters and four photodiodes. It's on this redesigned, the back crystal of the watch, and that's what works out your blood oxygen level, which is, which is important, I think, uh, even in the, this COVID world we're living in, uh, this is a respiratory disease, so having a blood oxygen reading, if you if that suddenly drops, that could even be an early sign that you may have a symptom of COVID. So uh, can't hurt to have this new reading on your wrist. Now, in terms of the other improvements, uh, it, it, there is now sleep tracking, but that is kind of a, a part of WatchOS Seven, which I'll talk about in a moment. The other the other improvements, the the actual physical improvements of the device, uh, there's a new faster sensor. So that that allows you to, it has a brighter always on display. The processor there, things are a little bit quicker. The other thing too is there are new designs. There are new red cases, blue finishes, different bands as well. They now have a, a, a an elastic, a stretchable band that doesn't have a clasp or a buckle. So uh, that is also new. Uh, but I think if, if you are coming from an Apple Watch or you, if you've never owned an Apple Watch, then this is a massive improvement. If you've got the Series 5, my advice is relax. You're not missing out on much. Blood oxygen, catch that on the next one. But if you're new to Apple Watch or maybe your last Apple Watch you bought was five years ago and you're upgrading, then this is going to be huge, a huge change. Always on display would be new for you. Um, the blood oxygen sensor, obviously new for you. Having all, all the the always on display new for you as well, so uh, this this is uh, a, an incremental improvement. But the good news is though, if you do have an older Apple Watch, what you do get, and this is what's already on board when you buy the new Apple Watch Series Six, what you can upgrade your existing watch to is Watch OS Seven. I think Watch OS Seven probably gives you more new features than you would get buying a new Apple Watch, if you know what I'm saying. So with, with watchOS 7, you get some new features, including sleep tracking. That, that's, it's not Fitbit-level sleep tracking. It'll, it'll tell you how long you've been asleep, how, how deep you slept. It'll also, the, the good part of this is that it can suggest a sleep routine. 
So, so it'll tell you if you want to get eight hours sleep, you need to go to bed at 10.30. It'll suggest when you should go to bed and all that. And it'll also, when you are using this new feature called Wind Down, it, when you want to hit this sleep routine, it'll do things like switch on Do Not Disturb, offer a nice calming lock screen, uh, including shortcuts to play bedtime music, activate a bedtime scene, all these through with your smart devices. So that's one of the new watchOS 7 features that would run on any watchOS, uh, any Apple Watch, not just Series 6. There's also Apple Watch face sharing as well. So you can share if you've created a cool watch face, you can share it with your friends. Hand washing detection, that's also new in watchOS 7. And Apple claims this has been in development well before COVID. COVID, the suggestion was back when the pandemic hit, Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. This has a 20-second timer, would you believe? And this would have taken some developing. And this isn't, I think, something they just would have tacked on. Uh, this, this, as Apple claims, has been in development for a while. So good for them. It come, come along at the right time. There's new, more workout types as well. So it includes things like dance, core training, functional strength training, cool downs. Uh, maps on Apple Watch now will in, will reflect the new features on the iPhone, iOS 14, and that includes cycling directions. And you can even now see your elevation, and it'll give you an idea of travel time as well. Uh, so if you if you don't have the Watch Series Apple Watch Series Six, if you do have an existing Apple Watch, just upgrading to Watch OS 7 will give you most of those new features. But if you do want blood oxygen readings, a brighter always on display then you're going to have to spring for a new Apple Watch Series 6. Um, the, the, new, the new devices, uh, look, I think the new colours are really attractive. So if you, if you like red and blue, like they're colours that you couldn't get before. Uh, but, you know, w- worth checking out. They start at $599. The, the, the loop bands are, are the, new, the new bands as well, which they don't have the, the uh, clasps or the buckles or anything like that. It's like a big elastic band around your wrist. Really stylish. There's like a, a plain one. There's a braided version. Uh, so uh, they, they are also pretty cool as well. These new, the new look and feel of these new bands, as well as uh, when you do upgrade as well to Watch OS 7, you get some new watch faces also. Of course, available in cellular and uh, GPS versions as well. Uh, all, all of that there. And if you do, if if you're new to Apple Watch, then you know, go straight to the top. They do have an Apple Watch SE, which is kind of a, a, a nearly all the features of the Apple Watch Series Six, but a little bit cheaper. Uh, my suggestion is, if you, you know, go big or go home, if you're going to get an Apple Watch, why not get the Apple Watch Series Six? If you want to read more about our Apple Watch Series Six review, check it out: TechGuide.com.au. Now, Google had a big launch night in uh, late last week, and at this event, they launched a few new products, including their first 5G phone, the Pixel 5, $999, has a 6-inch display, OLED screen, HDR support, 5G compatible, and you can also use it as a 5G hotspot to connect all of your devices on the go. It now has a dual camera, 12 megapixel dual pixel, 16 megapixel ultra wide. So the good camera on the Pixel just got even better. There's a five, there's an eight megapixel camera on the front of the uh, Pixel 5 as well. 4,000 milliamp hour battery that'll give you two days of battery life, according to Google. It uses this new adaptive battery feature, which learns your favorite apps and reduces power to the ones you rarely use. Handy. 
uh, fast charging capabilities as well. But guess what? They also Google also launched the Pixel 4a 5G. 4a came out a few weeks ago, but the 5G version, which is 799, has a larger 6.2 inch screen, 3885 milliamp hour battery has the 12-megapixel dual-pixel and also the 16-megapixel wide-angle camera of the Pixel 5, but it's 200 bucks cheaper. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that represents value to me. The Pixel A5, 4A 5G would be what I'd, what I'd put my money down for rather than the 5. If you know, Obviously, you want the latest and greatest, but the Pixel 4A is still a great phone and $200 cheaper and still 5G. That goes on sale in November. Google also announced some new speakers. So not, they're not called Google Home anymore. Uh, they bought out a company called Nest, so they're calling them Nest Audio. The latest smart speaker is 149 bucks. It is 75% louder and 50% more bass than the original Google Home. It has a 19mm tweeter, 75mm mid-woofer, and what that adds up to is some pretty impressive sound. The Nest Audio speaker can be integrated alongside a Google Home or a Nest Mini or a Nest Hub which has a screen, you can have a multi-room setup. Now, the other product they announced, and this is probably, I think, going to be the most interesting for some people, is the Chromecast with Google TV. Chromecast is that product that connects to your TV, allows you to cast from your device. Say your TV doesn't have Netflix, but you put a Chromecast in, you cast from the your phone to the Chromecast connected to your TV's HDMI port, and boom, you're watching Netflix on your TV. Now, the new version, Chromecast with Google TV, now has a new look, new design, but it's capable of streaming 4K HDR at up to 60 frames per second. also supports Dolby Vision and pass-through for Dolby Audio content. also has a remote control. So right off the bat, this is a product that can turn your existing TV into a smart TV. So you'll be able to access now from Chromecast, not from your phone, from Chromecast, YouTube, Netflix, and other streaming services. So this is going to be really handy for those customers who don't have, they might have an older phone, don't want to spend hundreds of dollars on a new, or thousands of dollars on a new TV. Google, Chromecast with Google TV is $99. So that's great value there. Uh, the, The Nest Audio is $149. So all up, a really impressive range of products from Google announced that their launch night in, it was a virtual event, of course, but if you want to read about all of those new products, the entire Google lineup, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, your work, your gaming, video calling and more? What about if you're doing them all at once? When you're connected to the world by Wi-Fi, be sure it is the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6. We were talking about it earlier from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling, and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before. In any part of your house, it's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good mates at Belkin. Uh, they've just released some great new products, some new batteries and uh, cables and all kinds of things. Belkin is the company to go to if you want those products. Belkin.com forward slash AU. Uh, a couple of quick uh, help desk questions. One was from a reader asking, uh, they want to have uh, their messages from their iPhone reflected on their iPad. So I want to be able to receive and answer their messages on both of their Apple products. Very simple to do. All you need to do is make sure you're signed into your Apple products, the iPhone and the iPad, on the same Apple ID. And then you go into the settings, go to Messages, and make sure you activate iMessage. If you've got active, iMessage activated on your, both your iPad and your iPhone, whatever device you happen to be using, your new message, your new iMessage will come through. Just a word, though, if you do receive a message from, say, an Android smartphone user, that won't go to your iPad. It'll go just to your phone because that uses the cellular network. An iMessage is like uses data. It's like over the internet they're sent. That's why I can get to your iPad, your, your Mac, your MacBook Pro. You can get messages across all your devices. But if you're getting a, a message from an Android device, which is a, a message, not an iMessage, that, that will only go to your phone. So really easy to do. The other question I had was about range extenders. And we've had this a long time ago, but I thought it'd be a really good opportunity to reinforce this message about range extenders. In some cases, you don't need a mesh Wi-Fi system. If you've got a smaller, narrower block or you might want to get, uh, say, Wi-Fi into your backyard maybe or there's a little shed out the back, then an extender is fine. If, you, if you're happy with your home's Wi-Fi but want to extend it a little further, the range extender is a great solution. Now, what you do here, though, the biggest mistake people make is putting the range extender in the room that, where, the, where they want the better Wi-Fi. So the problem there is that the failure there is that it's not picking up your existing Wi-Fi and pushing it into that area. Because it's already in that area, it's getting nothing. That's why it's a black spot. So what you need to do is put the range extender halfway between the modem and this area of your home or your yard that you want to improve. So if the yard, if your shed's out the back in the middle of your backyard, put the range extender right at the back of the house, as close as you can to the back of the house, so that it picks up the Wi-Fi in the house pushes it out to the backyard, to the shed. So think of it like an extension cord for your Wi-Fi. You don't put the extension cord right in that other room and you don't, you, you don't, you've got to plug it into the PowerPoint in the house first. So think of placing that, ex that, that range extender halfway between the black spot and your modem to give you the best results. The range extender, very important product. If you don't want mesh Wi-Fi, the range extender will definitely do the trick. And that is the end of our show for this week. Everything we've spoken about on the show, of course, you'll be able to find at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at techguide.com.au or click on the Ask Stephen icon on the Tech Guide website. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe and private online. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.